This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, welcome back. It's Mariner's Pod. Thanks for being here once again. The second half of the season has started. It has not started the way that Mariner fans were hoping. Mariner swept by the Astros in three games. Ems look to bounce back tonight, uh, starting against the Texas Rangers for the first of three. There has been a ton going on, so in this podcast, we're going to sit down with Assistant General Manager Justin Hollander. We'll talk about the winning streak, what he has seen from this team. The trade deadline is just a few days away. The draft just happened, so a lot to talk about with the Mariners' Assistant General Manager. Also, Logan Gilbert. Shannon put together a great piece on Logan Gilbert and his teammates talking about him and what has been a great season so far for Logan Gilbert. So we'll have that in just a few minutes as well. But let's get right to it. Assistant General Manager, Justin Hollander. Justin, it is always great to talk to you. We have never talked to you under quite these same circumstances, and that is, man, the Mariners are just piping hot right now. You are still coming off the high, if we can call it that, of the Major League Draft, uh, maybe more the exhaustion of the Major League Draft. <laughs> no all-star break for a baseball ops department. Man, there's so much going on in Mariners land right now. First of all, I am curious – you had this crazy intersection of tracking the Mariners' uh, nearly historic win streak going into the All-Star break while being a nose-deep in draft meetings. How, how did you do both simultaneously? I watched the games on my phone a lot when we were talking about players. Uh, no, it's great. Um, I think it's a good distraction from the Major League team to have the draft meetings going. You don't hyperfixate on every pitch and every play, and you're just sort of more casually peeking at it in between pitches or in between player discussions. Um, and obviously winning the whole time <laughs> made it awesome. Uh, maybe that's how we convinced Jerry to draft four high school pitchers so early. <laughs> um, but uh, no, it was it was great. And obviously, like I said, the winning makes it even better that we, we were able to run the table during the whole draft meetings is, is obviously something I've never been a part of. Um, and it was fun to celebrate with the scouts too. We actually coming off the, the the last Sunday win we had against the Blue Jays when we swept that series, uh, Scott joined the entire scouting group uh, to thank them in uniform uh, and talk about how, how excited he was for what we're doing and the players that we've added that are now contributing to the big league level, which I think meant the world to that group of people. Obviously, it's a very lonely, sometimes thankless job. And to have the major league manager come in in full uni off a sweep of the Blue Jays. Um, and Scott's done that job before, so he maybe has a little different perspective. Um, but for him to come in and thank the whole group was incredible. It was awesome. Streaks like this don't come around very often, and not just the winning streak, but you go back to June 21st, and the record is phenomenal. I mean, this is a month-long stretch that the Mariners have been on. When you look at what has happened, what have been the keys in your mind for this stretch? I think we've pitched really well for like almost a month longer than that, and what happened was the pitching kept – it's incredible pace, and the offense got going all at the same time. And usually when you're playing well, it's one or the other, a little bit of this and a lot of that. 
and for you know roughly a month we've gotten a lot of this and a lot of that mm -hmm. and and that's pretty unique i've never i think the longest win streak that i've ever been a part of in my career is 10 that's 15 years of of doing this uh and to have it go 10 plus some is is an incredible feeling and really really can't there's not been one thing in any game. Sometimes it's been the stars playing like stars. Sometimes it's been the role players stepping up and playing like stars. It's been the bullpen for two straight months of just absolutely dominating. And sometimes they're dominating in the, you know, we need someone to pick us up. And the starter went five and a third tonight, and we got to get out of a tough spot. And sometimes the starter goes seven, and the bullpen locks it down, and there's no question what those guys have been able to do in support of the starters really kicking it into a different gear. And I think that starts with Robbie, uh, really when he found that two-seamer and the rest of the group passing the baton one after the other. Uh, it's really everything. You don't win that many games in a row without everybody contributing at all levels. I, if it was just one thing, we may have won like four or five in a row. But to win that many games in a row, I think it's, it's, it's really a tribute to all 26. We've talked about what a wild time this has been with the draft. And you look up after the break, and the trade deadline is, like, here. It's coming up in days. You've already made one move that's worked out, I would say, really well so far, as Carlos Santana has been outstanding. How are you thinking about the trade deadline as the Mariners approach it? We talked about it a lot, and obviously we have to be adaptable as the season goes along. Maybe you're thinking one thing a month ago, and then you're thinking another thing two weeks ago, and now you sit here today, and you have to adjust and recalibrate based on what your major league team is telling you it needs. I think for us, we're really looking to find impact if we can. We feel good about the players on our team. If we can add someone who's a real difference maker, I think that's obviously what we want to do. And I think Jerry's referenced this before. We really do prioritize pitching. Um, obviously, George has never pitched in the major leagues before this season. He pitched 70-ish innings last year. We've had all five starters essentially take their turns this year. We subbed in George for, for Matt Brash, but nobody got hurt. To do that for a whole season with no injuries and no performance um, declines is really probably not realistic. So I think if we could add, it would probably be the, the, the forefront of our thoughts would be on the starting rotation. I'm sure when you guys talk about this, you wonder how that actually gets implemented, right? Like, let's say you go get that white whale, whoever that might be. Now, what does it look like when you insert him into a rotation that has been cooking? Uh, how, do you, how do you go about doing that? I think we would probably pair two starters together if that were the case. Again, protect George's innings a little bit, protect the group, and give us some depth in case something happened to one of the other guys. It's just you never know. Like you said, you never know when you're going to start winning or losing again, and you certainly never know when the injuries are going to happen or when performance may go in a, a direction you're not hoping. So having protection in there is never a bad thing, and to figure out how six guys fit into five five spots for six or eight weeks is not really a – it's a good problem to have. I'd love to have that problem as opposed to how do four guys fit into five spots, which is much tougher, particularly when you can't make any more moves. Yeah, the George situation is so interesting, and the Mariners aren't alone in this. I think a lot of teams are dealing with a very complicated situation that was made even more difficult with the lost minor league year, right? And it's about innings increase and – What's the percent? Is it 15? Is it 20? Is it 25? Uh, not asking you to give away any secrets here, but it's more complicated than just looking at an innings increase, right? Yeah, I think a lot of that is junk science, to be yeah. honest. There's, there's never really anything that we've been able to study and measure that shows you should only go up X number of innings or there's a, like a hard and fast percent you should only increase. I, none of that has really been able to be verified by anybody. I think what we can do is monitor the individual athlete. Everybody's a little different. Everybody's body reacts in different ways. Um, 
our sports science group, our athletic training group, and our pitching group has worked really hard to put checks and balances in place and make sure that it, in every, you know, let's call it 10-day increment, we have enough measurables to tell us if there are warning flags happening, whether it's what's happening to the ball when it comes out of the hand or the way in which the ball is coming out of the hand with the mechanical changes that you might see from someone who's getting tired or on the, the verge of an injury, and just making sure that we treat each athlete individually as opposed to hard and fast rules that really don't have any science behind them. Is junk science on the bingo card in the baseball <laughs> ops office? Because if it is not, may I make a firm suggestion that yes. it becomes... A the, part of it. The suggestion is noted. It will be, it will be added. <laughs> What's been the one thing that has brought you the most joy watching this team this season? Uh, you can't say Julio. <laughs> <laughs> Threw me a curveball. No, I, I was going to say how much of a real team it is. You know, I think the, the video that circulated after Ty made the All-Star team, which was long overdue, but I'm, I, I don't want to dwell on that part of it, but he did make it. And the joy that everybody in that room had for someone else's success. I, I, I was texting back and forth with the great Jack Mossaman when he sent me the video. And, like, I was almost emotional about it, like just seeing the way this group roots and works for each other. It's, it's not really about their own success. It's about the team's success, how they can help their teammates. It's a real team. And, and that's pretty special. And to watch them jump on top of Ty and throw water on him and be, just be happy for his, his success and his, you know, the culmination of something he's worked so hard for, you know, it's, I don't think anybody predicted at any stages of Ty's career that he would have been an all-star. He's a late-round draft pick, kind of a first base, right right profile. It's you know not a guy who was touted as he went through the, the minor leagues, and for him to make the all-star team in his hometown and watch everybody rally around that in our clubhouse is awesome. And that's, that's probably my favorite part of this group is how much they care about each other. We have a few more minutes with Justin Hollander, Mariners assistant general manager, kind enough to join us. Let's pivot a little bit to the drafts. Cole Young, your first-round draft pick, a high school shortstop out of the state of Pennsylvania. Tell us what made him such an attractive selection. He can really, really hit. Um, I think that's the, the biggest thing for us is when we look back on our evaluations that began last summer and the, the sort of the high school all-star and showcase events all the way through what we saw in the fall into this spring, it's just one of the best bats in the draft. Um, with secondary tools that we really believe in. He's a lot like J.P. Crawford, actually, if I could throw just a you know comp out for people to envision in their own mind. It's not loud, loud tools, other than he has real on-base skills, he can really hit, uh, and he's a really solid defender in an up-the-middle position, and that's just a hard profile to walk away from um, in the draft. It's, it's, those are the profiles that typically make it. When we looked back at you know what he did, obviously you have some questions on competition. You know Pittsburgh isn't necessarily like a draft hotbed, um, when he went to the summer, he absolutely dominated in a way that, like, most players don't do. You have to really climb to the upper echelon of high school summer performers at the main showcase events to find comparable performers as Cole Young. Uh, and that, that gave us a lot of certainty with what we saw with our eyes, the, what we saw in the spring, and, and add that to what he did last summer against the best high school players in his, his peer group. You've been doing this for a long time. When we watch... Logan Gilbert, George Kirby, drafted guys have success and get to the big leagues pretty quickly, too. How much is it drafting the right guy, development along the way? What's the formula when guys come up and have success at this level? I think a lot of the common thread is the makeup, how hard they're willing to work at it, um, the degree to which they want to get better. Nobody ever comes out of high school or college and doesn't need to improve quite a bit to, to play out here at T-Mobile. 
So understanding how they're wired and making sure that the foundational pieces in how they're wired and in their physical tool set are both there. I think you know connecting those dots is, is probably the most important thing because it's just really hard. At every step, you just slice off such a huge percentage of the bottom rung of the next of that competition level. So you're only facing the best players that advance to each of the next levels, and it really is. It's a it's a long journey, and you really have to be wired the right way to survive it. The pick that I am most eager to ask you about. I have no idea where you're going right now. It ha well, actually, I do have a 100% idea. You know who it's going to be? It has to be the Vanilla Missile. It has to be <laughs> the Vanilla Missile. Walter Ford at Vanilla underscore Missile, by I've the way. I've been to the website. I'm, I have T-shirts in or out right now. I mean, this <laughs> guy, so good. Vanilla Missile, Justin, he is all in on this. I mean, he is – I've never seen – I have never seen a player drafted – who has then retweeted the draft announcement for everyone else in his draft class taken by his new team, and that is what Walter Ford at Vanilla underscore Missile did. you got to tell us about the Vanilla Missile. Someone that we were very interested in again last summer, he reclassified, so he's a year younger than his peer group, very similar to Edwin Arroyo. He's 17 and a half years old, one of the youngest players in the draft. He throws in the upper 90s. He's got a really good slider already, and he's a really good athlete. There's just a lot of things that you talk about, a year younger than his class, top of the class level stuff, both our biomechanical look and our data look on what his the ball does when it leaves his hand. We're both very, very positive. So just he checked a lot of boxes for us, and obviously that has to be the case when you're taking a demographic that is particularly risky in the high school righty um, and just kind of a no-brainer for us at that spot. Someone that we were very interested in, and obviously the T-shirts and the other merch were the topper on the whole package. <laughs> well, I must say, I didn't notice this till now, he has already Photoshopped his uh, Twitter avatar as him uh, in the Mariners uniform. Looks good. It's it does tremendous. look good. He's got great, I, he's got, I'd, I'd give him a 75-grade flow. It's very good. I, I have not met him in person yet. Needless to say, I'm excited. I don't think he'll be without personality. <laughs> he checks a lot of my boxes, Hollander. He, a, lot of the, a lot of the boxes. I mean, that's a good one. Nicely done. Very excited. <laughs> I, will, I, I will order you guys T-shirts as well. You yes. can, we'll have a vanilla missile night here. <laughs> <laughs> well, first, we'll get that press box software machine fired up before we get that going. Hey, is Jess, that operational yet? I, I, mean, I mean, it's maybe not as of right now, but it is. I think Aaron has to go first. Yeah, I, I think I get it's the named after Aaron. I yes. do get the ceremonial first first poll. I think that's how it works. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Justin, man, thank you so much. It's great Thanks for having me. And now we explore Logan Gilbert. A couple of weeks ago, something stood out in a conversation with Robbie Ray following a win in Oakland. Talk about respect. Watching the guy that goes ahead of you, you know, you just want to go out and, and you do the same thing or better and, you know, just keep it rolling. I think that's something that we have going right now. And, you know, it was uh, kind of a lead by example thing. You know, Logan's been having the year that he's been having and everybody's just kind of jumping on board with it. The respect comes from the coaches as well. Bullpen coach and director of pitching strategy Trent Blank has more than a pupil in Logan. I learned something new from him every day, just from why he does the things he do, he does in his routine, and then just honestly just talking to him, not just about really the strategy of the game and how we talked about, but just his mentality has changed this year. It's just carried over in, into all his starts, and it, it's also infectious. I feel like the rest of our group has kind of found that as well. So. What is that mentality now? Just e extreme aggression um, and just extreme confidence in who he is and how good he is. Whenever we are facing some of these tougher lineups, he feels that he's 
as good, if not better, than anybody that's in the box. And it's gone a long way. Back to that routine. He's tireless with it. He is on the field long before and long after his teammates, working with pieces of equipment we haven't seen before. Marco Gonzalez does his best to paint the picture. How would you describe Logan's routine? Uh, weird, and uh, I don't, I don't. I, there's more to it that I probably don't see that I, that I don't really know about. So I've tried to process for like the past two years, and I'm still trying to figure them out. Has anybody hit the ball before? <laughs> Hit the ball. The ball. Um, I've, yeah, so I, uh, one week I, I was starting to hide his toys, but he got mad at me, and uh, and um, you know I uh, he just he's a different, different cat, and uh, but we, we need we need that we need different personality. We can't all be the same guy, and so uh, but what matters is when it when it comes time, you know we got each other's back, and and I love watching him pitch. So perhaps we can get better insight into the different cat from one of his roommates, Taylor Trammell. Yeah, I'm, I'm living with those guys, so we, we talk We talk a lot. We try to limit how much we talk about baseball um, after games, but we always end up you know, still talking about it, and that's, that's just the cool part. You know, We're able to sit down, and none of it's negative. It's just mostly good things that we're doing, and then also we'll just talk about some adjustments that we might do. Um, Cal and I more than anything, but then you, know, you don't want to get too – like. With the you know pictures, you know obviously certain pictures and everything like that, you know. We, I, I don't. Logan. Yeah, yeah. But we, but Logan gets in the conversations, and we we have really good conversations, and uh, I enjoy them. Well, on a fun note, Logan told me that Cal makes a main lasagna. Are you bringing anything to the table? I'm bringing nothing. I'm bringing DoorDash. Um, a good. I was told that I bring a good vibe to the house. Um, we're, uh, you know, we're we have like we go back to uh, our apartment and we watch movies. And then, like, we'll watch this TV show. Like, right now we're watching Love, Death, Robots. Weirdest show. <laughs> One of the weirdest shows. But we're able to, you know, we watch it. And then we, we have, like, a dialogue after every episode of what it probably meant. Oh. And it's so funny just the things. I look forward to what Logan says, which is actually hilarious. But we literally will just sit there and we're like, I can't believe that we just watched this episode. What in the world did we just watch? And it's so funny just how we all decipher everything. So it's actually very, very funny. We'll get the last word on Logan from Cal Raleigh, who goes all the way back to A-ball with Gilbert. And let's just say it wasn't always smooth sailing for the now Mariners battery. An hours-long truth talk had to be arranged at Modesto to get these two on the same page. It has clearly paid off. I remember the truth talk that you guys had years and years ago. How far have you guys come from that? We've come a long way. I mean, it's crazy to think that that was, what, three, was it three, four years ago? Four, yeah. And, like, looking to where we are now, like, or looking where he is from now, from that spot, is crazy. Like, he's, he's, he's changed, but he hasn't changed. Like, his mentality is still the same. He, you know, he's still so, like tough and like mentally like he's awesome but like as far as like learning some of the nuances of the games we both have like I've learned so much since I've been in the big league since last year like stuff that like they just you just can't learn in the minor league like I just didn't learn like I just didn't see it like mm-hmm. and then like getting guys like veteran guys and learning and like hearing things from them and I think he's taking the same thing and it's just like it's opened up our eyes to like this whole new like window to the game like looking and like wow there's more than one way you can't you don't have to just throw a slider to get a guy out every time you know like it's 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 crazy like the back and forth and like how you need to get certain guys out like you know how you got to get the best players in the game out and like 
and what they can hit and what they can't hit and like just learning those things and like you know he, he'll tell you the same thing too there's tons of stuff he's learned since he's been here and he's like he's almost like a completely different pitcher so he was that intense and able yes he, he's always been that intense he's that's never changed he's always been that guy and that's uh, very impressive did he tell you what he was doing this offseason when he started reworking all of his pitches? Were you aware that that was going on? Yeah, I uh, I talked to Logan a lot, and um, so I'm actually I'm going to be at his wedding this offseason, so nice. I know it's cool. Um, but he, uh, I mean, he told me what he wanted to do, and it was obvious. You know, he had to work on some things as far as like off speed goes, and um, you know, as far as like you know, tunneling certain pitches, and um, I think he did a great job. You know, he came back, and I mean, obviously he's should be an all-star so far so he's uh he did a great job this offseason for working on the off-speed certain things and you know working on his shapes and it looks awesome lastly and this is the fun part he said that you're a good roommate because you're neat and tidy and you make a mean lasagna he's a good youtuber <laughs> well what's the secret to a good lasagna uh well it's my mom's recipe so i can't take the credit but you got i think you gotta put an egg in the cottage cheese so it doesn't so it's not so runny yes <laughs> I do that with mine too. Okay, so he's a good roommate. Why? Assuming he's a good roommate. <laughs> oh, he's quiet. You know, he's he's not he's not gonna be the loud guy playing music or you know being up late at night or anything. He's very quiet. But I think you already knew that. So he uh, <laughs> he's very easy going. He sleeps in late. It's like he's not even there. So okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.